Our scripture reading this morning is going to begin in the book of Acts chapter 5. So again, you can be marking the book of Genesis chapter 45. But I want to read one verse if I can in the book of Acts chapter 5. That's where we begin reading it here this morning. And as you're turning to these two accounts that we're going to read about, I want you to think about Joseph when we get back into Genesis in just a minute. I want you to see what kind of parallels or what kind of similarities you might see between Joseph and Jesus himself. But you know, you and I today, we are not by our own definition, but we are the evil ones. We are the guilty ones. And when God has all reason to send us justice, He grants us mercy. When God, at a time in our life when we are lost, He sends us a way that we might be found. Let me read to you, if I can, the book of Acts, chapter 5. And I want to read the 31st verse. In Him hath God exalted with His right hand to be a prince. Now when we talk about a prince, it means the chief leader. It is talking about Christ. Remember what Joseph, he is going to be in this same capacity. We're going to read about that in a minute. To be a prince and a savior. Now a savior means someone to deliver Someone to bring you out. In order to be out of needy, out of something, you're going to be in something. Every one of us, we were born in sin. It's not a choice that we make. It's not a decision that come along the way. We are all born sinners. Again, we are the evil ones. Not just not by our own word or not by our own definition. We are the evil ones. But this morning, I want you to think about the invitation that goes out to these evil ones. For he, let's read this again. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. Let's go back to Genesis for just a minute. If you mark the 45th chapter of Genesis. And I want to skip down to the fourth verse. And this is exactly what Jesus has done for us. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. Listen to the response. And they came near. The revelation happens. And he said, I and Joseph your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. What is the backline story of this particular account? Go back, if you will, and I don't want to wear your patience out, but I want to go back for just a minute to the 37th chapter of the book of Genesis. Now, I want you to see this morning in these scriptures that Joseph had a right that when he saw his brothers, he had a right to be mad at them. He had an understandable right, you might say, to want to withhold from them. Because they were guilty and they were the ones that were the evil ones. The evilness was not in Joseph. The evil ones were in his brothers that put him in the situation he was in. Jesus is not the mean person. He's not the bad person. He's not the evil one. But yet, how many of us today are saved by the grace of God? We can understand the fourth verse where it said that Joseph came to his brethren. Jesus came to us. 
Maybe you are here this morning. And for the first or the second or the third or whatever many times it is, maybe that Jesus is appearing unto you and He's searching after you. You may think that you're the guilty one, that, 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 that He's come to, to bring you a judgment or that He's come to be mean to you or bad to you. Folks, Jesus visits us because He wants to forgive us. And that's exactly what Joseph was going to do. I love the song we were singing a while ago and I apologize for not remembering it, but if you take Jesus out, you don't have those things you know what, churches today, if you take Jesus out, we don't know what grace and mercy is. We've got religion, folks. I think we all can agree on this. Religion is not a requirement to get to heaven. The blood of Jesus is. We must have Jesus. But people want religion or they want all these other things, the accolades of life. But listen to what Joseph did. Let's back up to the 37th chapter for just a minute. I don't want to wear you patience. But it says in the, 13, the 12th verse, And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem, and Israel said unto Joseph, Remember, this is what, think about Joseph and think about Jesus. Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? He said, Come, I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. You've heard me reference, and I believe that the greatest missionary journey that ever happened was Jesus leaving heaven and coming down to this earth. Do you think that Jesus had a purpose when he came? Yeah. Absolutely, he did. Do you know what that purpose was? We as the evil ones, we might be helped in a time of a great famine. And Joseph was in charge. But he got put in the situation he was in because he was willing to go. Jokes, I believe, folks, this morning, I believe that Jesus was willing to come to this earth. And He wasn't coming just so that, that, that He might uh, accomplish the healing of the sick and, and, and providing, turning the water to wine and all these miracles. He came to seek and to save those which are lost. That's exactly what He's doing. And I'm a believer this morning that He is still doing that. He is still coming and seeking. You know when the Holy Spirit of God convicts an individual? That is something that's heaven sent. Folks, today, aren't you glad that you can still have a heavenly experience while you're here on this earth? If you've ever been saved, we ought to say glory, hallelujah. That we've had a heavenly experience while we were here on this earth. And Joseph, he said, you know what? Don't send somebody else. He said, here am I. And he said unto him, he says, go, I pray thee. See whether it be well with thy brethren. Here's the problem, He's going to go looking for his brethren and things are not well with him. You know, when Jesus visits us, things are not well in our life. But you know what? How many of you can this morning testify that God changes things? When things are not well, he makes them well, don't he? When things seem empty, he can fill you up. Aren't you glad today to know that heaven sends us exactly what we need and when we need it? I'm a believer in that, folks. I'm not a coincidence preacher. I'm not that person that believes in. I believe in the divine hand of God. He said, I want you to go and check on your brethren and see if well they're flock. He said, bring me word again. So you know what he did? The, the obedient servant said, so he sent him out of the, uh, to the, 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 uh, of the vale of Hebron, and, she came, and he came to Shechem. Well, this servant come along, he says, and a certain man found him. Behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, he says, what seekest thou? It wasn't a situation he was seeking. It was people he was seeking. You know, we think that, that God's trying to look down upon sin and he's trying to catch you doing something wrong. He's seeking is not about the sin of people. It's people that he's seeking after. Do you believe that God knows who you are and where you are? Absolutely. He knows every one of 
us when we're hiding and when we're running and when we're in front of a church. He knows all about us. And he said, I seek my brethren. He said, I'm not seeking a situation. He said, I'm seeking them. Tell me, I pray thee, where their flocks. And the man said that they had departed hence and heard from they say, he says, let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near to them, they conspired against him to slay him. Here this conspiracy happened. So they said one to another, Behold, the dreamer cometh. That's just what got Joseph in trouble. When Joseph was able to interpret dreams, his brothers got jealous. And you know what happened? Then all of a sudden, when Joseph gave him his, uh, his coat of men, excuse me, uh, when we see here that when he was able to to be given or inherit this coat of many colors for the obvious gift that God had given him, what happened is, is that his brothers got jealous and then this scheme is going to happen. So they said, here comes the dreamer. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, here's what the story is going to be. They're going to connive the story. Well, some evil beast came and devoured him, and we shall see what we come of his dreams. And Reuben heard it. And he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. Reuben said unto them, shed no blood, but cast him into the pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands so uh, he said, to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was, came to his brethren that they stripped Joseph of his coat, his coat of many colors that his father had given him, and they took him and cast him in a pit, and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead and with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah came unto the brethren, and what profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Listen to this 27th verse. Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. Here's what happens. Father shows favor to a son. The brothers get jealous. And he said, you know what? We're, we're going to create this story that something has happened to him. They said, no. So ultimately, they sell him into slavery. So as Joseph goes into slavery, he interprets dreams. And he interprets some dreams. And Pharaoh is impressed by what happens. So what's going to happen is there's going to be a time of famine. But in a time of famine, that doesn't mean that what they need is not available it just means there's only one that can give them what they need. That's very important for us to understand this morning is that Pharaoh told, ultimately is going to tell Joseph. He said, Joseph, he said, all the grain that we have here, he said, you're in charge. He said, we're going to ration this out for all the people that's going to come and they're going to need a grain. So in a time of famine, when they get in line and they come to you, you are in charge. It is yours to give. Salvation never has been. It never would belong for a man to give to another man. It's all by Jesus. It's a gift of God. It's what happens to him. And Pharaoh was so impressed what had happened. And he knew that God was with him. So what happened is, is that this time of famine began to transpire. And that's what we read here in this 45th chapter. And this back up to the first verse. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried... He wanted to get all alone with his brethren. Again, Genesis 45 and verse 1. Cause every man to go out from me, and there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. 
Joseph said, I want you and me to have this relationship. He said, I know earlier that we read to you there in the 37th chapter, you sold me into slavery. He said, but I'm not coming. Even though you're the evil one, even though you did the wrong, he said, I'm still coming bearing a gift of, of something that I have to offer you. I think about Isaiah when he says, come now and let us reason together. You see today, we sin against God and God comes to us asking for us to reconcile that, that gap that's between us. But let's read what we will if we can't hear. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known as brethren. And you want to talk about compassion that he had? If you and I were in that situation, the question would be, how would you respond if your siblings basically cast you away? You'd probably be bitter and you'd probably be mad. You'd probably even want to pull the, uh-huh, look who's in charge now. Look what you did to me. And Joseph never demonstrates that pridefulness. It's humility and a desire for them to come to Him. No matter how we treat God, no matter what it is that we have caused Jesus to have to go to the cross, folks, I believe that His love is so great that He still wants us to come to Him. He wants us to come. And it's not because of of anything that you can give Him, but it's all about what He can give you. Aren't you glad today to know that if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, that, 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 that this man owns cattle on a thousand hills, there's nothing that you can bring to Christ. But I'll tell you this, I believe that there's something Christ can give you. And that is the blood, the atoning blood of His Son Jesus. And while His brethren, He said, were far off, notice what He did. He was compassionate, He was concerned, and He wept aloud. And the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said in His brethren, He said, I am... Joseph, they knew, he knew who they were, but it's like they didn't know him. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. In other words, they were, they were in this dismay about what was happening here. And Joseph said to his brethren, come near to me. This is the very, one of the very first verses I read you. Come near to me, I pray you. And they responded. Folks, if you're ever going to be saved, you're going to have to respond to the Holy Spirit of God. You must respond. If the Holy Spirit is drawing and the Holy Spirit is asking you to come, then you must do just that. For he says, come near to me. Joseph wanted to be reconciled to his brethren. He wanted that. He didn't want that gap. You know, some people are content not being around other people. There's some people that's like, well, they're not in my life and I'm okay with that, folks. Jesus wants every person to have a relationship with him. Every person, everyone that he would desire that would come into that place. Let me read to you, if I can, the book of Matthew chapter 11. In verse 28 says this. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Again, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Today you believe that he has something that he wants to give you? So many people today are living in a time of isolation. They're separated. It's like loneliness has reached an all-time high because people feel like that they're all alone. If you've been saved, we are never all alone. We have Jesus. And Joseph was the one that went through the circumstances. But yet he came to his brethren and said... I want you to know something. He said, I want us to have this relationship. Jesus is telling uh, to come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He said, and I will give you rest. So many people have gotten to that 
point of loneliness in their life that they're separated from God. Some people it's because they lose family members. Some people because they, 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 they've reached a point in their life where, where things have changed with their jobs. We go through all kinds of things in our life, but aren't you glad today to know this? That Jesus is with us everywhere we go in the form of the Holy Spirit. Everywhere we go and everything we go through. And Jesus said, come unto me, all the other labor and are heavy laden for and I will give you rest. I thought of a verse in Numbers that said uh, in the 11th chapter, I cannot carry all these people by myself, Moses said. The burden is too heavy for me. How many times in our life do we feel like that we're all alone, but God's saying, why don't you come to me? Why don't you come to me, all you that are heavy laden? He said, and I will give you rest. Genesis 45 and in verse 4 says this, Come near to me. Come near to me. You know, I think about the song that we sing here. It says, I must tell Jesus. You know, I started singing that song this morning that I must tell Jesus all of my trials. These are the things that I must tell Jesus. Today, Jesus does not want us to run from Him. He wants us to come to Him. Let me tell you something else about God. Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something about the Trinity. You will never say anything that surprises God. God never asks questions for information, it was to reveal his, his infinite power and wisdom and authority. That's why God asks questions. When God's speaking to you today, it's not that He's trying to get information from you. He already knows all about you. He knows everything. He knows tomorrow before you even enter tomorrow. He knows all these things. We are the evil ones. And yet God still comes to us and He says, Come near to me. I believe today that very easily could Joseph have said, you know what, you guys were mean to me. You connived this story up. You were going to sell me. You were going to kill me. Then you were going to, you end up selling me into slavery. He said, all these things could have happened. He said, but instead he said, come near to me. Luke chapter 12. Excuse me, Luke chapter 13. It's a very familiar scripture in the 27th verse where Jesus himself will declare this. Strive, 24th verse says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. But when once the master of the house is risen up and has shut the door and begin to stand without and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know ye not whence you are. Then shall you begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say unto you, I know ye not. Again, he talks about it. He said, I know ye not whence you are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. You know, some people think that Joseph could have done just that. He could have said, look what you've done with your life. Look at, look at the, the evil that you had against me. But instead, he didn't say, depart from me, you that work iniquity. You, my brethren, that have, that have hurt me. You, my brethren, that have caused pain in my life. Instead, he simply goes to them in that fourth verse and says, come near to me. What was Joseph after? Sure, he had all this corn that he was going to ration out. They were in need. He had corn. He had something that they could, he could provide for them. But all he wanted was forgiveness. He wanted something he wanted that gulf between the two of them to be fixed. 
God wants the gulf between God and man to be fixed. And it is very plain, it is very evident in the Scripture, there's only one that bridges the gap between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ. When I say Joseph and I talk about Jesus, we're talking about people today that that were in need today, that they needed Joseph to be able to, to ration and to give them, but he was all about this relationship. And he said, come near to me. And what was he after? He wanted that forgiveness to happen so that they could have that fellowship one with another. Folks, I want to tell you something I believe in. I believe in fellowship. When you really study what the word fellowship means, it means to be in one mind and one accord. They'll tell you there's one thing to be in one mind and one accord with people. There's another thing to be in one mind and one accord with the Holy Spirit of God. The third part of the Trinity. May we be in accordance to Him, His Word, His Spirit. May that be what we're at. We're the evil ones today. When we get out of line, you know what we do? We step to a side. And we say, God, let's take your word and pull us over to us. Folks, I'll tell you how I believe this. When we get out of line, God's word should pull us back in line. Not us trying to take God's word and let's, let's move it here or let's move it there or let's take all these things and let's change them, folks. The word of God is not meant to be changed. It's meant to do the changing. It's like the difference in a, in a thermometer versus a thermostat. <laughs> you know, a, a thermostat's going to be changed. A thermometer's going to do the changing. You know, I pray today that we would be the ones that take our lives and let God's Word do the changing to us. May God's Word be something that we take in our lives and we apply that it might keep us where we need to be. And when Joseph came to his brethren, he was not mad. He was not bitter. He was not uh, upset at them. He simply wanted to have fellowship with them. Jesus over and over again talked about how he desired that fellowship to be in stride with people. We're out of stride with him when we're sin, but when we're under the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, when the evil ones get rid of evil, then all of a sudden we've got a, a different heart about us. It's a heart of love and, and kindness and compassion. And notice what he said. He said that these are people today that, that, that were going through a time they were separated, and he tells them, he said, come near to me. He says... He reveals himself. I pray you, and they said came and came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. I want to tell you, his brothers were some mean brothers. Now I'm not going to ask you if you were mean to your siblings. Maybe you're an only child and you can say you was good to all your siblings because you didn't have any. But I can tell you this, by the nature of siblings, sometimes it can get a little intense rivalry, can't it? Well, with Joseph and his brethren, it was no different, but they were very jealous of what he had been given by his father and the gift that ultimately God gave him. Through this reconciliation, I always found it amazing or very interesting that out of one of his brethren, Benjamin, actually receives a little bit more than the others do. And you know, I often wonder, why did Benjamin get more when this reconciliation happened? But you know what happened? They were jealous before, but you don't see that they were jealous anymore after that, even though Benjamin got more. You see, their life changed because they had a need. Joseph could supply their need, and they wasn't worried about everybody else. They was only worried about themselves. Folks, what a wonderful place we would live in if people would realize that God's going to provide your needs. We can't worry about our neighbor's needs. God's going to supply their needs. God's going to use them, but may God use us today to supply the needs that we have. When Joseph came to his brethren, and he said, I am the one that you sold into Egypt. 
You might think, well, these are, these are some mean guys that they did something so wrong that there's no way that Joseph's going to forgive them. You may think that you've committed sin in your life that's too evil for God to ever forgive. Maybe you've committed evil in your life and you feel like that you're never going to be able to be saved. I'll tell you this, there is not a sinner in this world today that cannot be saved. There is not a person in this world today that's had a place in their life that, that God's hand is too short that He cannot reach them. God can reach them. I want you to know that God's ear is all always big enough and it is attentive enough that God can hear your cries if you cry out to Him. But Joseph again, more than anything else, before he would give them that grain, before he would give them what they stood in need of, he said, I want you to know that more than what I can just give you, we've got to work on this relationship. And he said, I want you to realize who I am. He said, ye sold into Egypt. He said, I'm Joseph, your brother. He didn't say that I'm the the prince or I'm the second in command. I'm the assistant chief. I'm not the assistant governor. He said, I'm your brother. Isn't it amazing that more than a position, he was more concerned about their relationship? Today I want you to know that yes, I believe Jesus is our eternal king. I believe in that. But I believe more than anything else, he wants to have that relationship. That relationship that we might be called the sons of God. That is not a title that we can just go out and and, and, and buy somewhere. It's not a title that we can just grab from our neighbor, folks. It's a title that God can give us. But He only can give us when we become submissive and obedient unto God that we might reconcile in that relationship with Jesus. For He said, I am Joseph, your brother. Who are Jesus' true kin today? Let me turn over to the book of Mark for just a minute. Mark chapter 3. That question is answered very plainly in Mark chapter 3. And in the 31st verse. Jesus' true kin, as it's labeled so often. Who are His brethren? Then came then His brethren and His mother... And standing without, said unto him, calling him. And the multitude sat about him, and they said unto him, Behold thy mother and thy brethren, without seek for thee. And he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brethren? And he looked round about on them, which sat about him. I want you to listen real closely to what he said. They sat in a circle. That's what, when they sat around, when they, read that one more time. When they got to a point where it says, back up, I lost my place for a minute. And and it says, round about on them which sat about him. They were in a circle. So if you'll notice that Jesus did not have to move around them, they moved around Jesus. Do you see the theme of this, what we said a while ago about the word of God is meant to pull us back in line, not us move. When he is the center of our life. When everything revolves, you want to talk about a, a nucleus and what revolves around When our lives revolve around Jesus, notice the title he gives. He said, Behold my mother and my brethren. Explanation mark. Folks, I believe in this. Too many people are walking around this life with question marks and they need explanation marks. We need explanation marks with assurance. Do we know that beyond a shadow of a doubt that we belong to Christ? Folks, if you're here this morning and you don't know that you know that you know, you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you don't know that you're redeemed, who your Redeemer is, I pray that this is the day that you would know. Jesus said, 
the people that seek after me, the people that are around me, the people that are near to me, he said, that's my true family. He said, behold, my mother, my brethren. They said, no, that's him. He said, no, my true family are those that center their lives around me. This morning, aren't you glad to know that when you come to church, when you come to a place like this, that you're surrounded by people that are simply all gathered around Jesus? And you know who's the most important person here? It's not the preacher. The most important person here is Jesus. The Holy Spirit, again, the third part of the Trinity, we talk about one, we talk about all three. But the Holy Spirit of God is centered here this morning. The Holy Spirit of God is what we gather around. And you know what we're all gathering around? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? I'm listening to you. Folks, you've got to listen. Remember what it was said in the very beginning, uh, earlier, where when Joseph spoke to his brethren, they had to respond. Folks, we're here this morning and the Holy Spirit is speaking to those that are circled around him. But the harder question is, are we going to respond to that? Maybe you're here this morning and you've never been saved and you're sitting around Jesus. You're listening to him, but you're not going to respond to him. I'll tell you this, you'll go to hell by listening and not doing. You must heed that warning. He said, behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of God. Again, whoever's going to do the will of God, he said, they are my brother and my sister and my mother. Family is important. Do you know what makes a family a family? Their blood. There's a song that we sing sometimes, His blood has made us one. The blood of God's own Son. One in purpose, one in power. I don't know how the rest of it goes, but it talks about the blood makes us one. We have a DNA. I, I love science today. It's amazing how science can take a, a blood test now and they can do, or actually, I don't know how they do it, but it's a DNA test they'll actually do. And they can tell you who your family are in some form, what kind of family you have out there today. Aren't you glad today to know that, that, that we can know that we're family? Not because of, of a test that's been run, but we all have the same love for our Heavenly Father. We know that we're family. We're of the kinship of the family of God, that we've been adopted, that, that we've been given His DNA, that we have the blood of Jesus because His love is shed abroad in our heart. He said, I am Joseph, your brother. And what he's telling them is, he said, you need to come and you need to come near to me while you have that time and opportunity. For Paul said this in the book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 and in verse 10. Paul said, I just simply want to do this. That I may know him. He said, I just I want to know him. And the power of his resurrection. And again, Joseph... Not only did he want that, he wanted that fellowship. He said that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made uh, conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. You know what Paul's telling the people of Philippians? He said, I want to have a deeper, 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 deeper relationship with Jesus. What about you today? Do you want to get. Joseph wanted to know his brother even more. I know he'd been sold to slavery. I think they were, what, year two of the, the, the famine that had started. And they, were, they thought they had enough to get through it. but they, didn't, they had enough to start, but they didn't have enough to get through. 
You know what? They came to a point in their life that Joseph, even though they'd been separated, he wanted to know more about them. But the question is, did they want to know more about Joseph? Can you sing that song that we say that I want to know more about my Lord? Do you want to walk closer with the Lord this morning? Are are we the evil ones and He's the kind ones that's speaking out to us and crying? Uh, as, As much like Joseph did, he said, come near to me, he said, I pray you. He said, come near to me. And he says, I pray you. Then they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brethren, whom you sold into into, uh, Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. For listen to what he said in that fifth verse of Genesis 45. For God did send me before you to preserve life on your own. You know what the word preserve means, don't you? To keep it alive. He said, on your own, you're going to die. But because of me, you can live. Folks, 100%. Can we say, without Jesus, you are going to die in a place called hell. But with Jesus, you will live. And I mean not just live a life, but you're going to live eternal life. And he said, don't worry about it. He said, I'm not mad. I'm not upset at you. He said, forgive yourselves. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He asked for forgiveness. And he begins to tell his brethren, he says, nor be angry with yourselves that you saw me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. He said, when you're going to go through a time in your life, you're going to realize that you thought you had enough. And then you're going to realize you don't have enough to get there. You know what? That's what happens in this world. We're born as little children. And the older we get, and all of a sudden God shows us in our own way that we can't do this on our own. We need God. We need Jesus in our life. And when you do, you've got to respond to Him. Maybe you're here this morning and that's what God's doing. He's revealing unto you, you have a need in your life. You're going through a famine. And if something doesn't change, they were going to die. This morning, if you don't change your ways and you die in sin, there's no changing it. Hell's going to be your home. This morning, we're the evil ones. But yet Christ, much like Joseph said, come near to me. That's what I felt like I needed to say to you this morning. I want us to get a song if we could.